1: Welcome back to
2: 32 hey, baby, Fans in 32 Days. I'm Alex Chester. With me, as yeah, always, is Wheels Wienerker. Wheels, how's it rolling? It's
1: rolling great. Uh, time check, 2.37 a.m., but I'm happy to be here. Um, I'm excited for our guest today. I'd say it's uh, our most popular, most requested guest. We've had him on several times beforehand. Um, I, people say you don't know enough about the Vikings. We need to have an actual expert on, so we're bringing an expert. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, The expert, by the way, uh, none other than Jared Chester, who uh, spawned me 37 years ago, uh, offline before we got on, he says to me, why do you call him that? Is that a nickname? So I said, Wheels? And he's like, no, Wienerker. I'm like, well, I don't think anyone would choose
1: to have a nickname, (laughs) Wienerker. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, Do you think I should change my name, Mr. Chester? Should I change my last name?
0: No, you should just change your attitude towards the Vikings.
1: I like the Vikings. I don't This is like, uh, this is fake news. I... The Vikings were my favorite NFC team growing up. I don't know. Uh, I, you know, maybe maybe one, one year I was mean to them, but I, I'm not anti-Vikings. I, I don't think – uh, you know, I'm very against people who have two favorite teams, but if I had a second favorite team, it would be the Vikings or the Seahawks. Those were my NFC teams growing up.
0: Okay, so I'll give you a second chance.
1: Do you guys have AFC teams, Alex and, and Mr. No. Chester? No. Do you – no? Is there an AFC team you're fond of? Whoever's mm-hmm. playing the Patriots. Still? Yeah.
2: Uh, by the way, if you're wondering why uh, our audio isn't so great, uh, Jerry's here live with me. And so we're using the same microphone we used for the beer tournament. So with the uh, tremendous audio quality that we had at that event. All right. So let's talk about the Vikings. You know, it's weird. I've I've really gone through a lot of different emotions about this team over the last couple of months. You know, the Vikings have had the third best record in the NFC over the last three years behind the Saints and the Rams. But they also have more turnover, I think, this year than just about any other NFC contender. A lot of their aging veterans moved on. They traded, of course, the recalcitrant, Stefan Diggs. And going into the season, my attitude was sort of, eh, sort of like how I felt last year. They're nine and 7 10-16. Best case scenario, they win a playoff game and then they lose. And I think, uh, Jerry, if I'm not mistaken, last year, you were more positive than me. I think you thought they'd go about 11-5 last year, right? Yeah. And, I mean, you were right. They did go 11-5. and They did win a playoff game. And then uh, I got tricked into thinking, oh, they're better than I think they're going to go into San Francisco and win. And then they got stomped. <laughs> So what's your attitude heading into the season this year?
0: Um, I think it depends really on the offensive line and obviously these cornerbacks. But, you know, Zimmer's never had a bad defense. He's never even had a defense that wasn't a top defense. And cornerbacks are supposed to be his thing, although these three guys he got rid of didn't seem to live up to that. Reputation. Well, I mean, Rhodes was an all for a couple of years, yeah, but it was it was a short period on the top. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for I mean, usually these cornerbacks last really good for more than a year or two.
2: Yeah, I mean, and Trey Wayne's, you know, I think he was a little bit of a disappointment because he was like a number eleven pick, but he was an average to slightly above average starter. For, uh, let me put it this way: he signed a, what a twenty seven million dollars second contract. That's sort of by definition that makes you a successful NFL player.
0: Yeah, for you, to your banker it does, but yeah, but... I wouldn't pay twenty seven million for him, and obviously the Vikings wouldn't.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, I think the biggest positive for the Vikings this year is that the other three teams in their division were universally considered to all have awful off-seasons. Like, I saw these rankings ranking all the teams' off-seasons, and the Packers, Lions, and Bears were all, like, bottom five. So it's almost like a- addition by subtraction. I don't know if the Vikings are more than a 9-7 team, but I don't think any other team in their division is a 500 team. Like, Akiva, you've talked about how your division is by far the worst in football. Yeah. And there's no garbage team in this division like, like the Jets and the Dolphins. But mm-hmm. but uh, you know I don't think there I don't think there's a tenant I don't think there's a team that's locked in ten games in this division. Yeah, this is
1: the worst division in the NFC probably. I think the Bears and the Lions, while not laughingstocks, are pretty low upside teams. Uh, I agree. The Packers don't. You know, people want to like, ooh, maybe this. You know, may, maybe the Packers will return to glory this year. Like, there's no real reason to think that. And like you said, you're the best team in the division, but also maybe have have a ceiling. I, want, I wanted to ask you guys, so the, the, the uh, coordinator said, you know, Zimmer's still here, so there's nothing new in the head coach department. But the coordinator situation when I was researching the Vikings is interesting because obviously Stefanski's gone. He got a head coaching job. Uh, and so I want to know if you're worried about that. And on defense, you got the coach's son as a co-defensive coordinator. So what's going on with the coordinators?
2: I mean, Zimmer's his own defense coordinator. I'm not too worried about that. And I think that in offense, they're going to be a better off than last year. Because they got rest of the guy Stefanski, you're saying? Well, I think he's probably overrated. Well, I mean, the Browns are certainly invested in him. Here's the thing. Gary Kubiak, who's now officially, I think, the offensive coordinator, right? He was, yeah. he was, a, he was sort of the offensive coordinator in all that name in the last couple of years anyway. So it's not a different system, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not a different system, for sure. He was yeah. calling
1: the plays and not Stefanski? Well, I know. Stefanski's calling the plays. But yeah, I mean, no, there's a little bit. I don't think, he's I think a... it's the
0: first time and only time he's ever called plays. Who's Kubiak? Stefanski. Was last year, so yeah. So I mean, it's not like he's a great loss of uh, expertise.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was very well regarded, you know, as, as a coaching candidate. I'm not really sure why. Uh, that's Akiva. That's not my concern with this team. My concern with this team is is the same thing my dad said, which is you know what it is every year, which is the offensive line, and then of course the secondary. The Vikings had a 15 player draft class, four of whom are probably starting right away. So I think that really it'll come down to how good of a draft class they had, especially in the secondary. You know, as we said. Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, and Mackenzie Alexander, uh, their top three quarterbacks from last year, all out. Uh, Mackenzie Alexander's dad also was missing for a little while, although
0: <laughs> he's been found, fortunately. And his son was missing as a cornerback.
2: Yeah. And, um, and also safeties, uh, J- J- Curse and Anderson Dale are gone. And so I guess the starters are, are going to be Mike Hughes, who's been okay, you know, but not great. Holton Hill and then the rookies, Jeff Gladney, the guy that got in the first round, and Cameron Dansler. And, you know, as you said, Daddy, like Zimmer's supposed to be a quarterback guru, but neither Waynes nor Hughes has ever really performed at the level you would have hoped from a first-round draft pick. Rhodes' peak, as we said, was quite short. And so, you know, is Gladney going to be different than those guys? I don't know.
0: Or Zimmer's reputation for cornerbacks, at least the last six years, overrated. Yeah, I mean, he did it in Cincinnati for years,
2: and he did bring guys – to Minnesota at first, who were not, you know, top draft picks and turned them into, you know, good players. So maybe when he
0: gets draft high draft picks, he turns yeah. them into decent but not great players.
2: Yeah, it seems like he does better with you know second day draft picks or third day draft picks than the first round picks. I'm not sure. Hughes has been okay. He's just always injured. Look, if he's their number one corner this year, they need him to be healthy for sixteen games, obviously. <laughs> Hill, Hill was pretty good as a rookie last year. He's suspended for the first eight games this year. So, you know, oh, I don't know how good, yeah, so I don't know how good he'll be when he comes back. But I guess that means Gladney's probably starting from day one across from from Hughes. Um, I mean, the only positive in the secondary is they still have the best pair of safeties in the NFL.
0: Yeah, but they have nobody behind them Yeah, if one of them gets injured. Yeah, and
2: this is obviously a year when you want depth. It's weird because Anthony Harris was an all-pro last year. They tried desperately to trade him all offseason. It became pretty clear that there's not a trade market for safeties until your jets managed to uh, bamboozle the seahawks into giving away multiple picks why
0: would they trade when they have nobody behind them Dude, and they ha- yeah and they'd have cornerbacks that are uh well,
2: because they wanted the money to use elsewhere they wanted it for the yeah you know, i think for they get the a
0: free agent cornerback yeah i don't know i mean
2: uh, but uh, you know harris harris and and smith both had pro football focus had gave them coverage grades of 91 last year
0: oh yeah which
2: is funny because anecdotally it seems to me like harrison's always getting beaten he's always the closest man on big plays for the other team but it might be that he's covering up for somebody else. I don't know. Like, you know, is it, is it him getting beat or is he arriving too late to make up for someone else's mistake?
0: Well, I mean, I think people generally in the league think that he's really good at what he does. So that might answer that part. Yeah. And that. again,
2: the, and the PFF, you know, their grade is based on, you know, looking at the all 22. So I trust them. Um, Akiva, you asked the questions here. We're the guests. You're the host.
1: Yeah. So it's uh, oh, so a couple things. I went through the whole roster today, guy by guy. Uh, a few things stood out, as you said, they had an enormous draft class. This is uh, by far, I think the most uh, draft picks of any team in the league. They have, i think uh, six rookies on defense alone, six drafted rookies. I think more than that, if you include uh, maybe one or two undrafted rookies i wanted, I, you know, I wanted to know, do you think Justin Jefferson ends up being the number two receiver this year? Will it be b c Johnson, who sort of became the number two by the end last year, but again, they, they really um were beyond uh Thielen and Diggs, they were they were throwing street guys out there. You know, you saw LaQuentrell will not even make Atlanta. They drafted one. I thought they would uh you know, you thought they'd pick a receiver in the first round. They did, and they also picked KJ Osborne, who's really think, gonna be more their return man, if I'm not mistaken, in the fifth round. But who's gonna be second on the team in receptions? Uh I well, I guess excluding Dalvin Cook. Which receiver do you guys think is gonna is gonna be second behind Thielen?
0: Well, <laughs> Um, they've had such a checkered history drafting first-round receivers. I see Treadwell still... Moss. Yes, well, okay. Treadwell's still unsigned. Um, Williamson is still blind. Well, Treadwell's in Atlanta, but I thought he's getting... I thought he, he
2: didn't make the team. He got cut. Yeah. Because Gage is going to be there. So
0: who night. knows? And then these guys, I mean, 15 players and they didn't have a preseason. It's sort of the bad luck that always seems to haunt the Vikings that the pandemic couldn't have come last year or two years from now. Um, I mean, these 15 guys really could have used some work. So who knows, you know, what he'll be like. I mean, from what they've indicated so far, I think they say he's looked really good when they talk to him on Zoom about his, you know, family and his, <laughs> his uh How does shoes. that translate to <laughs> on the field? Well, who knows? I mean, I guess we'll know in a, uh, in a week. Um, you know, one of the
2: weird things is the Vikings used three receivers dramatically. And we've talked about this last couple of years, the podcast dramatically less than any of the team in the NFL. And we sometimes wondered, is it a function of scheme or personnel? Because, you know, they didn't have any third receiver on the team. Clearly it's a function of scheme, at least going forward, because they, they, you know, they, they, after they traded Diggs they made no effort to find a legitimate third receiver behind, behind Phelan and the rookie. Ola BC Johnson's fine, but you know, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, he's a seventh round pick for a reason. and, If Thielen isn't healthy this year, or if Jefferson doesn't emerge quickly, they could be in a lot of trouble. Um, You know, Tajay Sharp, they got in from Tennessee.
0: They got really good tight ends. Yeah. And I think they want to use two tight ends more. That was the plan last year, they said. So I think they were getting away from three receivers.
2: Yeah, well, when they signed Irv Smith, when they drafted Irv Smith last year, the assumption was that Kyle Rudolph would be gone. But Kyle Rudolph actually, despite his age, had a very good year last year. Obviously, he had the game when he touched on against the Saints in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the best duos of tight ends in the league. So I guess if you get 40 catches from each of them and then cook and yeah, and you got, you know, 60 catches from cook or whatever, I guess you sort of make it up that way. Um, Again, they don't put three receivers on the field, but but that still requires a second receiver to be on the field for, you know, 80 snaps a game. So Jefferson, BC Johnson, I don't know who it's going to be. Tajay sharp. I don't have a lot of hope from him. He's, you know, I think he's never done much in Tennessee. So in his three seasons, so I, I, don't know what, I don't know what the answer is. I think you know, Dalvin Cook is a very dynamic receiver, Keeve. Uh, PFF ranked him as the number two receiving running back last year. And the only reason he was number two is because he had eight drops and two fumbles. But mm-hmm. actually, with the ball in his hands in the flat, you know, he, he was a very dynamic receiver. Um, you know, obviously
1: the big question... Over under for Dalvin Cook, uh, 1135 last year. Is he going over or under that? 1135. That's rushing oh, yards lost. only? Yeah, just rushing yards, eleven thirty-five. Eight yeah, drops. eight drops is is one of the most of any player in the league. I think. Like yeah, especially a receiver or one
2: hundred eighty targets. But yeah, he's you know, as, and a running back, you're not really having difficult receptions for the most part. They're usually pretty easy. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not great. Um, so Cook. So here's the thing. I would say under for Cook always, just because in his career he's played twenty nine games and missed nineteen games. So I will say uh, in the last uh, since the since the merger, nineteen seventy, only ten running backs have had in their first twenty nine regular season games at least 3,000 yards from scrimmage and 17 touchdowns. Three of them are active guys, Saquon, Zeke, and Dalvin Cook. But the big difference between Cook and those first two is Saquon and Zeke play 16 games a year, and Dalvin Cook has not been healthy. I mean, Alexander Madison is a good backup, but Cook is like a very dynamic player, and I think they need him to be healthy for this
1: offense really to move. Uh, Yeah. um, I wanted to ask you you guys also, uh, let's ask uh, Mr. Chester. Uh, just fill in the blank. Kirk Cousins is the blank best quarterback in the NFL. And you can give me a range if you don't want to give me a so range. Either, either, either Rodgers
0: is not much of a quarterback at 95 last year when Cousins was, what, 107? What, the quarterback ratings? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is Cousins a great quarterback and Rodgers is just sort of mediocre? Or is Cousins chronically underrated? Except in big games, other than the Saints, he hasn't really come through. I mean, I agree with that. But um, I think he's pretty consistently good as opposed to Rodgers, who I think is probably going downhill.
2: Yeah, Rodgers is skating on his reputation, but we'll talk about that on the Packers podcast. I think that, I think, yeah. So Cousins clearly doesn't get the respect of a top 10 quarterback, um, even though, you know, he's consistently graded out that way. The statistics have justified it year after year, especially given the fact that he's had a mediocre offensive line at best for most of his career. Last year, he only had one healthy NFL caliber receiver for most of the year. But yeah, he's never going to be—he's uh, never going to be elite on the level of like you know Russell Wilson or Rodgers of five years ago. But he's good enough to take a team to the Super Bowl. I don't think he's the problem.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. considering some of the quarterbacks who've gone and won Super Bowls. Yeah, I mean,
2: there's only one quarterback in the NFL with 25 touchdowns each of, the, each of the last five years, and that's Kirk Cousins. So he's consistent. He's also, according to NFL Next Gen stats, he completed 42% of tight window throws of 15 plus air yards since 2018 over the last three years which is by far the best rate in the NFL over that span. And I think, I think anecdotally, that seems to be the case. They often like, he will get the ball into like tiny little windows for feeling like 40 yards down the field consistently. It's um, yeah. I mean, you know, there is this perception that it disappears in big games. I just, I don't, I don't buy that narrative. I think that every time he has a big game in a, a in a big game, it's just, it's forgotten about till the next week because it doesn't feed the narrative. You know, he went to the, he went into New Orleans and won a playoff game last year. He's had multiple good games in Lambeau the last couple of years. So I, I don't really buy into that. I mean, Overall, he doesn't do as good against better teams as against worse teams, but that's true about every player because he's playing a better team. So, you know, I don't know.
0: But he did get a lot of positive publicity after the Saints game last year.
2: Well, for a week, and then they laid an egg against San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. So, but that
0: wasn't his fault. Though.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, no one – I mean, I think that Riley Reef was really dominated in that game more than anyone else. But actually, let's talk about the offensive line. So, Pro Football Focus ranked this line 19th last year, which is the best it's been like ever in the Zimmer era. Um You know, so they're not good, but they're not terrible, which is what they usually are. They're a good zone run blocking team. They're just not good at pass protection. And so, you know, that's really the concern. As I said, Reef was just abused by the 49ers in the playoffs last year. Garrett Bradbury, their rookie center last year, had the worst pass protection grade among all centers in the NFL last year. Wasn't
0: he doing better toward the end of the season, though? In
2: run protection, not in, in run blocking, not in pass protection. They have the third highest percentage of positively graded blocks per rush last year. So they're a good pass run run blocking off offensive line. They just can't protect the quarterback. So that's not And ideal. Cleveland.
0: They don't think is. Are they going to use him as a guard permanently, or is that a temporary thing they're talking about?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the thing I was most nervous about was when they traded for Ngakwe. This talk about cutting Reef, and I'm shocked. I'm shocked that Reef's agent couldn't find a better deal somewhere else because like. Warren Sharp and all these sort of like smart analytical guys were just like besides themselves with how stupid it would have been for the Vikings to let him go. Like Sharp was pointing out, Akiva, we always look at opponents um, when we grade, for example, quarterbacks or even defenses. Like for the Pats last year, everyone talked about, yeah, the Pats have a record-setting defense, but look at the quarterbacks they played against. What we don't talk about, and Warren Sharp pointed this out, the Vikings over the last two years have faced a higher – have, have, have had a more difficult slate of, of edge rushers than any other team in the league. I don't know why that's the case. I mean, who – I mean, I guess Khalil Mack on the Bears, but there's no one who jumps to mind. But for whatever reason, it, it just turns out the Vikings have had a very difficult schedule in terms of um, – Well,
0: Green and, Bay's Smiths did really well last yeah, year. Yeah, and he, especially And they played the twice. Yeah, so that's that's another one. That's true.
2: But I, so Sharp was saying this in defense of Riley Reef. He's saying, yeah, Riley Reef is an average offensive left tackle. But given the slate of guys he has to go against, he's actually probably better than average. It's just his numbers go down a little bit. So I don't know, maybe that's the case. The point is, so I was saying, keep at the top, how I've gone through sort of three different modes of feeling about this team. So I came into the, like, a month ago feeling about the Vikings the way I felt about them last year, which is not excited. It's a 9-7, 10-6 team. Their ceiling is losing in the playoffs. Who cares? And then I started to get really more excited when they, tr- when they traded for Ngakwe. And then they secured uh, Riley Reef as well. And all of a sudden, I felt like, you know, there's really only, the only hole on this team is the cornerbacks. And I was getting really pumped up. And now I'm sort of back into that mode of, eh. So Akiva, what's as an, as a non-Vikings fan, what's your take on this team?
1: Um, I want to know. So you 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 sort of stunned New Orleans last year, and then you're badly outplayed by the Niners the next week. I want to know what you guys think. What may, would make a super optimistic Vikings fan think that you that you could get over the hump? How is this team better? I don't. I think Kirk Cousins at this point, like. There's a very good chance he's as good or nearly as good as last year, but I don't see him making a big leap. I don't see Dalvin Cook, you know, as uh, you know, for the 14 games he played, making a big leap. Or Thielen, like your your best players are your best players. The line is you know fine at best. Is it is it all in Gakwe? We haven't talked about Gakwe yet, and you could you could talk about your feelings. on Gakwe, I I want to know what like this is a very good team. This is a team that's going to be in the playoffs, but I don't know if I think this is a tier two team. I don't. I don't see them, uh, especially with like, you know, having like you said, having to replace the top three corners. Your guy who's your number one corner right now, you know, he was on this team last year and he wasn't. He wasn't really starting. Yeah, not good. I want you know, and and maybe you hit at a you know as a rookie cornerback, it's rough, but maybe one of them is a league average starter to start. That would be fantastic. I you know, sell me if you can on why this team is all of a sudden a Super Bowl contender.
0: I think it depends on the rookies. All yeah. 15. I mean, not all 15, but a lot of the 15. If they come around, I mean, that could be a big difference.
2: Also, Akiva, I mean, they did go into New Orleans, was – they were 13 and 3. They were playing the first round because of how absurd the scheduling was. And, yeah. But, I mean, the Saints were consensus the best team in the, NF, in the NFC last year. Yeah,
1: that was the best NFC team. No, it was an amazing When
2: went into New Orleans and beat them, you know, it went to overtime, but the Vikings really outplayed them most of that game.
1: Um, yeah, but they didn't have a great pass rush. To me, the, the Vikings do have a fatal flaw. They're not a team with a ton of holes, but their fatal flaw is that Cousins is the basically one of, if not the best quarterback in the league, if there was no such thing as as like pressure from a pass rush. But he can well, yeah, really I mean, like,
2: melt. San Francisco abused him last year, and that's yeah, he
1: can uh, he can melt down. I mean, you watch you watch their games, and there'll be one play every game where Cousins looks like you know a backup quarterback for Rutgers, where. You know, he has, he's unaware of the idea that there could be a person coming from his blind side. Yeah, I think that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but...
0: I think Rutgers threw yeah. the first pass in, in football. Yeah. Oh, we're getting some college football history.
1: 1869.
0: Yeah. Well, don't, let, let's talk about a more optimism. Let's
2: talk about the Vikings pass rush. So, mm-hmm. Everson Griffin, who was really aging and really showed it last year, until actually that game against the Saints in the playoffs, when the Vikings did this thing where they, put, they brought both Denell Hunter and Everson Griffin in on the inside instead of on the edge and they both basically rushed the quarterback from the defensive tackle position. And Breeze, who hadn't lost the fumble the whole season, lost the fumble that game. Breeze was sacked multiple times. It worked really, really well. But Griffin had definitely aged. Um, and so, like, I'd much rather have a 25-year-old, Yannick Ngakwe, than, you know, Everson Griffin turning 33 before the season ends. Especially, like, with Hunter on the other side, and Gakway's going to get single coverage that, you know, I think that, I think him and Hunter, like, they got to meet at the quarterback 90 times apiece this year. And if they, if they can each get, you know, 80-plus pressures, Hunter, by the way, had 88 last year, which was second in the league. If Ngakwe and Hunter can both do that, then – also, um, they have uh, who's who was supposed to start until the Ngakwe trade, but he, like, he, he's really good as a third-edge you know, rusher more than as a starter. I think that if, if, if they can really pressure the quarterback a lot, that'll cover up for their question marks in the secondary.
0: Plus, they got good linebackers.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, here, Akib, I got a stat for you. Ngakwe <laughs> has had at least eight sacks in each of his first four seasons in the NFL. All right. First, yeah, no, he's very good. Oh, there's only six players in NFL history to do that. They're all massive names. They're all Hall of Famers or future Hall
1: of Famers. Let me see how many of them you can get. Okay, so first six seasons, eight sacks. First four seasons, eight plus sacks. First, oh, first four. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Bruce Smith, Reggie White.
2: Reggie White's one, not Bruce Smith.
1: Okay. Although, ironically, uh, yeah, do we, he only one season. other
2: one's in the Hall of Fame. He uh, passed away too soon, unfortunately.
1: Um passed away too soon now you're throwing me off um
2: he was a pass rusher who's who died who died at a young age other than reggie white i guess they're both dead actually
1: a lot of them uh, I'm, I'm gonna say Strahan didn't he came from like yeah, uh, the a, a only small... other
2: hall of famers dead he died in a car accident.
1: okay all right um i don't know just read us the list right, this so Thomas. Cool. yeah okay all right i was then, thinking um, defensive ends
2: yeah and then demarcus ware terrell yeah. suggs dwight Frieden, mm-hmm. and Donald. so that's a pretty good list he's on
1: yeah, very good list. Listen, yeah. I, it was a good deal. I like I you know, but this is it's funny because you know Jerry's talking about the fifteen rookies. Um, would you call this a win now team, Mister Chester?
0: Well, I mean they've got a lot of really established veterans who are really good, but they do have a lot of younger guys. Obviously, um, the offensive line has some younger guys. The cornerbacks, obviously, are younger guys. Some of the guys are in the prime. I don't think they're a win-now team. I mean, I think Cousins has got a good three, four years at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cook and Thielen. Yeah, I Cook mean, is young. Thielen's not for Their safeties.
2: Old. No, I'm saying Cook isn't young, yeah. not for running back. Because yeah. they're, they're not getting, you were the one who actually told me that you read that Ngakwe's arrival was going to prevent the team from being able to sign Cook, which to me makes it a win-win because I'm obviously against ever paying running backs.
1: Yeah, by the way, I, just to be on the record, I don't think this is a win-now team. Yes, they will. Like, I don't think Harrison uh, Smith. Is, I don't, this is, I is don't
2: think is a win-now team. I
1: strongly disagree. I mean, if your quarterback is is in, you know, 38, you're not really a win-now team.
0: But he, but the amount of money he's making, let me put it this way. But this is the yeah. amount of money he's making going down. Every,
1: but every team now is paying their that, that amount of money. Let me put it this way.
2: If the Vikings aren't winning a Super Bowl with Cousins, no one on this roster is winning a Super Bowl with the Vikings. They're not going to be better in five years than they are now. Well, five years
0: is a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, they're yeah. not going to be better in three years than they are now. I mean, three years, Cousins wasn't here or even on the radar. Yeah. so uh,
2: in, Okay, they can get another free agent quarterback. That happens once every fifteen years, Breeze and then Cousins, basically. Um, but again, like all their offensive weapons, you know. I guess maybe not Herb Smith and, and, and Jefferson. I mean, but,
0: came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, Cook is just a running back, so we don't respect him. Yeah. Um, no,
2: he, he's an amazing player. I just don't think it's worth paying Okay, him, but, so yeah. – but, but also in the defense, you know, Harrison Smith is not getting younger. But
0: uh, Harris came out of nowhere. Anthony Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean
2: – Okay, well, yeah, you can find all pros out of nowhere, but then any team can do that by that standard. I mean, like, you know, we're talking about the guys they have now. I will say, my one question on the defensive line, you know, even with Ngakwe coming here, is Linval Joseph is gone. They signed Michael Pierce to replace him, but he opted out due to COVID. And so, like, who – I guess Shamar Stefan is like the – like, who, who's playing up the middle? Who are the, the defensive tackles for this team?
0: Well, I think he's won. I mean, they, have, they lost actually a couple of the other guys' uh, defensive tackles in the offseason.
2: Yeah. But, but Joseph was obviously. But they, they're name,
0: real yeah. high on one of the rookies, for example. I mean, who knows what he'll turn out to be. It's got to be pretty scary to never uh, have a preseason or even yeah. a full training camp and start against the Packers or, or play against the Packers, etc. for these rookies. Um,
2: yeah, I mean, I think as long as they stay healthy, and that's a big gift, there's enough stars across the defense That they can, you know, these rookies can take a little while to get going. But this year, health means so
0: much differently. Yeah. But, like, I mean, like, you look at the linebackers,
2: for example. I mean, how many teams is there a team in the league with a better set of linebackers than this team? Eric Hendricks was uh, the highest rated NFL. Oh, this is the
1: best linebacker core. It's the best linebacker core and the best safety core for sure. Eric Uh, Hendricks was CFF's
2: Defensive Player of the Year candidate, uh, player. He he's he's really dynamic. He makes plays in coverage. He's an elite run defender. He pressures the quarterback. He really does it, all. He does it all. Anthony Barr is like the opposite. He's like the most athletic linebacker in the league, and he keeps making Pro Bowls for some reason. But he's not great in coverage. He's only okay in rush defense. And his career high in sacks is four. So like, what does he do? You watch entire games, and his name isn't mentioned. So why? Yeah, is but
1: but uh, people him? swear by him. I don't know.
2: I don't. I, I, he, that's what I'm saying. He he's such a hard player to understand. Because he just doesn't seem to do any one thing well, except that he just has the potential to do everything well.
1: Again. Every year, there's like, oh, he's going to rush the passer more, but it doesn't really happen. Again, you know, high remember high the Jets high signed high. him essentially, yeah, and then high. and then he uh, sort of reneged. The- and I, I put it this way: even though he's a good player, and even though my team stinks, and he'd technically be like the most accomplished player on the whole team because we don't have anyone who's made a Pro Bowl besides Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore's 37 on the entire Jets. Is that actually? Uh, true? I, yes, he, they're the only guys on the team who've ever made a Pro Bowl. Uh, that's an original stat. Wow. Um but, I, I, uh, but I, I don't regret not signing Anthony, Bo- you know, when the Jets signed him and then, he, and then he decided to go back for less money. I don't regret that because, I don't know. I don't know what he does. I want to, we're running out of time, so I do want to play the schedule game with your dad, Alex, if that's okay. Yeah,
2: okay. <laughs>
1: All right, so uh, I'm going to run through the schedule quickly and you just tell me W or loss. Um, and I guess home and away does not matter much this year. Uh, you guys are not having any fans to start the season. Uh, but uh, maybe I think Mr. Wolf has said uh, later in the season it's possible. Uh, hosting the Packers, a 1 o'clock Vikings-Packers game on opening day. Not a national game. A win. Okay. And then you go to Indianapolis to face Phillip Rivers. Mm, I think a win. I think Philip Rivers on the Colts is one of, like, the strangest team combinations I can think of. It's like Mad Libs for, for football players. Um, at, it's actually you almost play the entire uh, AFC South in a row because you play hosting Houston the next week.
2: No Tennessee, skip Tennessee.
1: Excuse me, hosting Tennessee the next week.
0: Uh, that's a tough one, potentially. Um, if I say a win, you're uh, Alexander's gonna like. <laughs> I'm just being a homie. Um, so I'll say that they win. <laughs> Okay, and then at Houston. They probably lose.
1: Okay, 3-1, and one, and then Sunday Night Football in Seattle the following week. Oh. Are they allowing people in there?
0: Oh, they lose in Seattle every year. Uh, they, I don't,
1: they,
0: they lose I don't in, think they're allowed. They lose every year. I mean, it's not like, you know. Yeah. Well, okay, this, so you can say they lose? This game is right
2: after Super Store.
0: We say have We turn on the TV and watch the game.
1: It'll be on. The timing is good. It starts at eight, it's a Sunday Night Game, mm-hmm. so it's at eight thirty. No, your dad. Uh, wait, Mister. You, you keep. You, he keeps one day. What are you making him keep? Uh, yeah, just, no, he's going to
2: be in America this year.
1: Yeah, he's keeping one day.
2: All right, good. Then he can turn on the TV for <laughs> me
1: Houston. Yeah, no, 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 you got to show me how. <laughs> um.
0: Okay, say they lose. Then they're what? Three and two.
1: Yeah. Uh, three and two, and then they host Atlanta before the bye. They win. Okay, then at Green Bay again. Well, I think they can win that. They're going to sweep the no. Packers? How many people wow. are going to
0: be in the stand? Has Green gonna let people in?
1: It's Wisconsin. It's like, the, it's two days for election day. Maybe like Trump says like, hey, anyone can go to Lambeau Field if you vote for me. I don't know.
0: But when you have like five or 6,000 people, it's not going to really resonate. Either. I don't think
1: it'll affect the, the, the players, or the refs yeah. or anything. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the small crowds I mean, will. The really...
0: Vikings lost twice to them last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks.
1: Was,
2: well the Packers pulled a lot of games out of the toughest last year. Again,
1: they went 12 and 4 with
2: basically a five. Were they
1: 13 wins
0: last year? Oh, yeah, they went 13 and 3. Oh, sorry. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind well, of not a 13-3. Okay, so yeah. say the
0: Vikings win.
1: Okay. So uh f- yeah. uh five and two. And then uh hosting Detroit. The win. At Chicago on Monday Night Football. They win. Seven and two. Hosting the Cowboys. Um
0: I don't know if they're going to – Everson Griffin's going to be tough, you know. <laughs> he might go crazy. I say they, they win. They beat him
1: okay, last year. And...
2: Yeah, they won in Dallas last yeah, year. Yeah, Was that a Monday night or Sunday night? Yeah, I think Sunday night. Yeah,
0: they beat him last year on and, the road. And now you play – you're 8-2 and, and, and then you – There's the first... a big game he must have played well. Yeah, he did play well. That's what I'm saying. He played mm-hmm. well in the games last year. Yeah,
2: the schedule is much easier. November is their easiest month. Yeah,
1: eight and two. It's a three. It's a three-week homestand. You play the 1995 teams. You you host the Panthers and the Jaguars next.
0: So who's next after Cowboys? The or? Panther.
1: The Panthers. Both at home. Oh well, <laughs> so two more wins there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So now now we are uh, ten and two. Oh my God, we're gonna we could win the division. Go to Tampa. Is Tom Brady? How about this? Is Tom Brady going to be there? I don't know. Are September they for 13th? real
0: this year? or Is this just all
1: hype? There's definitely a lot of hype. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Peter but, King he, predicted them to win the Super Bowl today. Who did?
0: Peter King. Peter
1: King. Nicholas. Can I
0: buy what he's smoking? Yeah. Um, uh, someone,
1: someone asked him that on Twitter, and he said he did a doobie with the Doobie Brothers in the same 1989.
0: Same question as I did. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Someone asked him that,
0: and, he was. I thought yeah. it was original. Yeah. Um, well, I think they win there.
1: Okay, eleven and two, and then you host the Bears. Well, they should beat the Bears. Come on, they're the Bears. Oh my, twelve and two, Alex. You're going to be over the moon. Your your son is going to be insufferable. Thursday night in New Orleans. Short week, strange. Uh, okay, eight. Max. Oh, that's that's a Christmas Day game, by the way. A little
2: Friday little night game, yeah. We're going to miss it.
1: Friday afternoon, yeah. But you'll yeah. still miss it.